On today's episode, how to deal with a jealous Johnny, Lori Beth makes it official, and the best way to lie to your kid. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me the vital information so I get the red lights to do, yeah. The church of Lori Beth is in session, and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talk to my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on. Lori Beth Denberg, and welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Clark Crozer. Hello. Hello, Clark. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am doing pretty well. Yeah? You didn't having a good week so far this week? I'm having a week so far this week, <laughs> but right now I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, good. I'm still taking care of my dad, took him yeah. to physical therapy today, you know, which is hard because it's good for him. And then he's like, oh, I'm so sad and tired. <laughs> but I'm excited to say yeah. something my dad definitely couldn't do yeah. with his new knee is go to Disneyland. Oh, yeah, that's but right. But someone else went to Disneyland. That's right. I went to Disneyland with my beautiful wife and wonderful kid and my parents. We all went to Disneyland on Monday, and it was so damn amazing to well, be Well, we should back say, there. too, yeah. that... Clark's family is a Disney family. Oh, yeah. I've, like both of your parents' license plates are Disney-ish yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So that's a it's a place that they go and have gone as a family regularly. Yeah, we've had annual passes as mm-hmm. a family many, 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 many years. Um, we don't have uh, annual passes anymore because they cost, you know, $700,000 for a year. But, you know, um, but we went on Monday. We went on a whole bunch of rides. We saw the new Snow White. We saw the new uh, uh, Haunted Mansion. There was a new a new pirate slash skeleton guy that nobody's been talking about in Pirates of the Car- uh, Caribbean. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. It was so much fun. But there was one ride that we missed the absolute most. And I will give you three guesses. To figure out what ride we missed the absolute most. Oh, no. See, I don't know any of the backstory. I don't know what's changed. Uh, Well, you don't need to. Mr. Toad? No, it's not Mr. Toad. Now, this is just Disneyland, right? Not California Adventure. Okay, so no Mr. Toad. I'm assuming they didn't get rid of Big Thunder. No. They didn't get rid of Space Mountain. No. Remember the time we went on Space Mountain, like, through the back door nine times? (laughs) And then the guy finally was like, Guys, come on. <laughs> I, I, I pretended I didn't see the first eight times, but I, I got to call an end to this. Sneaking through the, the back entrance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do bad. It's all right. You're. right. I'm intending for you to do bad. There's no way for you okay, to get Okay, because they wouldn't have gotten rid of Small World. No, 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 no. Like, I'm trying to go through what would have been expendable. Was it the Toontown roller coaster? No. Gadgets go coaster? No. No. no not that. Okay, I only have one more guess, uh-huh. I think. Uh, I'm trying to think. I haven't been there in so long. Yeah. Um, was it the Dumbo? No. Okay. Not what Dumbo. was it? This is the ride that all of us, my five, six year old son, my parents, we missed the absolute most this ride. Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard the oh. Mickey and Friends Tram. Please lower your this head and watch your step while boarding. was the only time I've ever gone to Disneyland where they didn't have the tram going to the parking lot. Oh, my God. So you had to park and then walk all the way from that parking lot down the entire tram sh- uh, route, down all the way to the front of the park, and then you get to go in. And that was... Kind of hard. You're starting out your day. Yeah. I had a six-year-old. I didn't want him to have you start out exhausted. So I put him on my shoulders. So mm. we're walking down this whole long It corridor. is a long way, by the way. If you're not familiar with Disneyland, it is a, I mean, it's such a hike that they have trams to take you. Exactly. And now the trams take like five, ten minutes to get from place to place. Yeah. So was this because 
everyone would sit too close, smushed together in a tram. I think this was because uh, it's already before COVID times, getting on that tram was a bit of a hassle. There was always a huge line. Yeah. You have to wait and you get it. So if you add on top of that, okay, now only two families are available yeah. per car or whatever, uh, it would have been like a nine hour line. When so you they go just back, like, here's what I, here's yeah. what I prescribe. Yeah. Every member of your family gets Healy shoes. Yeah, seriously, that would have helped. Just the, so going in was kind of uh, hard, but I swear to God, I felt like I was going to die at the end of my day at oh. Disneyland, walking back and forth across that port park 10 different times and then having to walk all the way from the front of the park to the parking lot. You should have paid a stranger oh. to go get your car and pick you up. Seriously. I'm sure that would have worked. It would have been worth it because that was the <laughs> Fucking worst. It was amazingly uh, bad. That would drive me crazy. But other I, than that, it was a yeah, great day. Yeah, no, and it, it's, it did it feel like you were going again for the first time? Yeah, it was just really sentimental and fun. And, and I'm kind of relieved because when you said, what ride did we miss the most? I was like, what did they get rid of? Yeah, no, they, this was the the one ride that they got rid of. And I'm sure they'll bring it back in gotcha. the next few weeks. But, oh, that was just a terror. That is a very, very rough. Yeah, so... I've been kind of, you know, trying to just stay in bed and resting for the, ever since we got back. But I noticed something that I also wanted to talk to you. Is there uh, some petition going on right now? I think I saw something about you online. Oh, Jesus. I, I know. Was it my titty blowjob pictures? <laughs> no, no, those haven't been released yet. Uh, I was thinking about a certain uh, petition to get you to replace Ellen. Oh, yeah. What is that? A friend of mine uh, texted me and was like, you're trending on Twitter, which I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but uh, apparently there's some guy or people or whatever right. that are starting this campaign yes. for me to replace Ellen. Which I am all for. Yeah, I think I would like it, but I also think, would the show still have to be called Ellen? <laughs> yes. Yes, if it would. I'm, yeah. <laughs> if I'm replacing Ellen. Right. It's, it's, it's really sweet. It's let really me, sweet. Let me tell you, there would be nothing more funny to me than you doing a talk show and calling it Ellen. Yes, exactly. That would be so goddamn funny. We could call it Lori Beth Denver. <laughs> and no, it should just be Ellen with Lori Beth Denver. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 really flattering that it's people would flattering. you know want to do that. If I were to do it, first rule, no dancing. <laughs> I'm getting this shit in line. Right. I like it. No dancing. Right. No, but yeah, it, that's, it's really, that's really cool yeah. because it's not like I was like, Hey guys, try, <laughs> Hey guys, try to, try to see if they can put me on Ellen. <laughs> you know, it's just people that like, you know, my work and yeah. must like me too, because it's a talk show. Yeah. Well, and I probably listens to the show because it's not like you've done a lot of talk show est material before yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, up until now, you've kind of just been a comedian, but now people are kind of getting to hear you and get to hear your thoughts. And I think it's a great idea. I, think I, it's I wish really more neat. people would, would spread it because I, I'd love to see you get a talk show. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. That's yeah. really, it's just really cool that it's just, the whole thing's really cool. I agree. I think it's awesome. I wish more people would do it. Anyway. Um, I think we should uh, get to this show since we were talking about it and answer a couple questions. I are don't you, see why not. Are you up for that? Yeah. All right. Uh, we have two phone call questions today. I'm very excited. Oh, I love it when I get to hear your voices. Yeah. So. The pain in your question comes through <laughs> and feeds my dark heart. <laughs> okay. So here is uh, question number one to feed your dark heart. Hi, Lori Beth. My name is Sharon. I'm from Cleveland, Mississippi. I have a question. So, my son often likes to stay up until 10.30. I want to put him in bed at 8 o'clock. He's three and he's slowly learning to recognize numbers on the clock. And I just want to know, how can I get my son in bed at 8 o'clock so I can enjoy my own Applejack? and the privacy of my own home. Thanks, Lori Beth. All right, that was Sharon. Sharon, I uh, 
I I felt some some fear in your voice, <laughs> and I'm not surprised from hearing the maniacal laughter of your clearly <laughs> evil child. <laughs> Eight o'clock? <laughs> no. <laughs> I will stay up till ten. No. Uh, my first suggestion is get analog clocks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let that little bitch figure out how to tell time for real. <laughs> um, and I can relate so much to you just wanting some peace and quiet to eat your Apple Jacks. Yeah. Apple Jacks, not the most popular cereal. No. An excellent choice. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I do like the idea of the analog clocks. Yeah, just like, that's great. But it's what, here's what I do. If I'm babysitting or with somebody, you know, with somebody I need to put to bed, <laughs> when I'm babysitting, especially for a younger kid, yeah, I will start to yawn <clears throat> when it's time for bed. Yeah. I will start to just get that going as though I'm tired. And I mean, we all know about sympathetic yawns right, and stuff like that. But I will just do that to kind of place that. Oh, it would be really great to go to bed now mm -hmm. and, you know, turn the lights down. Right. And kind of switch the atmosphere. Right. Um, but I do not have a child. Clark sure. does. So, yeah. Clark, tell us what actually happens. <laughs> well, I actually have a, a very similar problem. My my son is also a, a late night kind of guy and uh yeah he there's many nights where he's not down till 10 10 30 11 o'clock sometimes it happens maybe he can have a zoom date with with uh austin yes I, I think his name is austin uh yeah he could uh but uh here this is what i'll say i'll tell you we karen and i mm -hmm. lex's mother and father are late night owls so we're kind of okay so he stays up till 10 but then I stay up till two. So I still get my Apple Jacks time. Yeah. So if you're not getting your Apple Jacks time and, you know, because he's going to bed at 1030, this is I mean, this is going to be a little sneaky and a little underhanded. But sometimes this is how you got to play. Um, this is what I would say. If you really want to fool him into falling asleep, set your clocks back. You take all of the clocks or at least all of the clocks that he can read or see and set them back two hours. Set them back two hours so that when it's 1030 and he's feeling sleepy, the clock says 830, right? Ah. So he's looking at the clock and it says 830, but he's feeling sleepy. Then you kind of get him ready. You put him to bed. You do that for like a week or two. Then you slowly start moving that clock back to normal time, oh. but still setting him to bed at eight. I guarantee you after a month, you'll get that kid to bed at eight o'clock. What I like about this yes. is that it involves trickery and lying <laughs> yes. and technology. I believe the word you like is subterfuge. Subterfuge. <laughs> um, I I really like that. Isn't that a great idea? That's a really great idea. Thank you. Uh, Lori Beth doesn't get the questions beforehand, but I do. Yes. So I've been thinking about this question for days. And I do have to say that there was, I mean, this a few years ago before I was like, forget it. When I was babysitting Lex. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like. I think it's the time you went out to that play or that concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, what time does he go to bed? And you're like, I oh, don't worry about it. And I was like, really? Because when do I get to sit on the couch? Yeah. When's my Apple Jacks time, Clark? <laughs> When's my Apple Jacks time? Yeah. That's it. It's hard. When kids, you, I love my son more than anything else in this world. Mm -hmm. But there are nights where I'm just like, God damn, I just need 30 minutes where somebody's not telling me about Roblox. Yeah. <laughs> just 30 minutes. But uh, it's a good question. Yeah. I did like that. Thank you, Sharon. I appreciate your call. Uh, all of you guys, I love when we yes. get calls. So please call as much as you'd like. Uh, let's move on, though, to question number two. And I have to say, before I start question number two. Yes, sir. Question number two, I feel bad because uh, question number two is from somebody named Gainonymous. Okay. And Gainonymous sent this question like three or four weeks ago. Oh. And it's just taken me this long to get to it because 
It was 17 pages long. Oh, no. It was like a novella. <laughs> it was unbelievably long. So I tried my best to shorten this down. Otherwise, it would have been longer than a top 10. <laughs> it was just so damn long. So okay. let's uh, let's go through it. It's still pretty long, but uh, just imagine how much worse it could have been. Okay. okay, I'm listening. So here we go. Gaynonymous. Hey, LB. I would like to start by saying I really enjoyed your podcast. Oh. It feels like a weekly dose of vital information, but for adults. I can't help but feel a tinge of warm, fuzzy nostalgia listening. Thanks for that. I'll try to give you the cliff note version of the backstory to my question. There's an individual, we'll call him Johnny, that had been a close friend in my life for several years. Johnny and I had a huge falling out over my taking a cabin fever-induced road trip last fall. I had been laid off and alone in my apartment for months, so I planned a COVID-conscious road trip to a few state and national parks to hike, sightsee, get lost in nature, and find myself again. A mutual friend of mine and Johnny's, let's call him Owen, shared my cabin fever woes and asked to tag along, and seeing no issue, I agreed. Owen and I had hung out and had platonic friendship for years with no issue. Owen and Johnny had been roommates about four years prior and had a friends with benefits situation. That ended once Johnny's jealousy reared its ugly head and Owen abruptly moved out. Owen is in a committed monogamous relationship with someone else now. Fast forward to the road trip. On the way home, I was alerted of rumblings that Johnny was very upset about Owen and I going on this trip together. I shrugged it off and figured that I would talk it out with Johnny once we got back, but I returned to complete chaos. Johnny's false narrative, or should I say conspiracy theory, was that Owen and I had surreptitiously gone on this trip to get one over on him and hook up. So not true. But even if it was, how is this at all Johnny's business or concern? Owen's own boyfriend didn't even jump to these kind of crazy conclusions. It's been eight months and Johnny continues to bash me to mutual friends and gin up the drama on his social media. I tried inviting Johnny to have an adult conversation over the phone three different times, but all three times he would go days without responding and then randomly at 3 a.m. proceed to inundate my in, uh, my inbox with inebriated attacks. I blocked him on everything and went radio silent. My relationships with mutual friends remain complicated as Johnny continues on his warpath. My question to you is, what is your advice on navigating these negatively impacted mutual friendships? Bonus question, how do I deal if Johnny tries to cause a scene in public? He's been known to do that with others in the past. All parties involved are gay men and the gay community is a small one. I look forward to hearing the vital information you and Clark impart. Sincerely, Gaynonymous. Thank you, Gaynonymous. <sighs> do you need, I need a water. Clark, is, Clark needs some water. I'm parched. Well, the first thing I will say is um, I'm kind of bummed out that Johnny's gay because I think I could fix him. <laughs> he seems uh. like everything you'd want <laughs> and more. Um, I will say again, as I have said in the past, yep. that our listeners do not spare the details. Oh, yeah. And this, I'm telling you, is easily a third of what the original wow. question was. It was endless, this question. It's gotcha. a good question. Yes. And that's oh, why yeah. I wanted to have it in the show and to get it for Gainonymous so that he could have an answer. But, whoo, yeah. wordy, verbose. Yeah. Well, based on the fact that Owen moved out, I feel like I'm in the middle of a huge soap opera. Yeah, right? Based on the fact that Owen moved out from Johnny and their apartment. Right. Because of Johnny's horrible jealousy. Yeah. This isn't unexpected. Right. Maybe you didn't think to care because what the <laughs> fuck business is it of Johnny's? Yeah. Who you go on a trip with? Exactly. But um, he just kind of sounds like a huge douchebag. Yeah, a little bit. So as far as, you know, what he thinks, I mean, who gives a shit? But obviously the question is about... You know, you being, you know, this false narrative being spread all over and people, you know, hearing him go, 
Anonymous is blah, blah, blah. Right. And Owen and they hooked up and they went to, you know, Old Faithful and right. it shot up. Right. But um, <laughs> part of me feels like, I mean, first of all, that's just obnoxious. Yeah. But part of me also feels like your mutual friends know Johnny too. Mm-hmm. And if Johnny is like this, then they know it. Yeah. And we'll be able to go, oh, fucking Johnny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, And exactly. if you're close enough to them that you're actually talking to them and just being like, you know, Johnny's making my life miserable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like that you blocked him on everything and you said you went radio silent because there's no, I said before, you can't convince an asshole they're an asshole because they're already an asshole. Right. So there's no like, fixing johnny there's right. no reasoning with johnny it seems like exactly um so it's all nice that you tried to reach out and have a conversation but like give that up yeah give yeah, that yeah, up yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a person who does not deserve any of your time or kindness from what you've said right that's exactly from right. what you've said um and I really would leave it up to the friends, you know, if somebody's going to be on Team Johnny mm-hmm. and, you know, excoriate you for, did I use the word excoriate correctly? I think you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn, that girl. That's pretty good. Impressive. Who needs to graduate high school? <laughs> um, So to be equally as awesome, if he's going to talk all this shit, yo. Yeah. Then, you know, fuck him and fuck anyone who's going to believe him. Yeah. The issue is that you live in, you know, wherever you live in the gay community is small and all that kind of stuff. So that could be a blow that, you know, if you're losing friends or but at the same time. You're going to see true colors of people. Yeah. They're going to believe that if they're not going to believe you. Well, also to, to that point, let's say somebody else does hear about this. Will they care one iota that you and somebody else that happened to on and off casually hook up with somebody? Like, there are so many other people that are not involved. Yeah. Right? Everyone that's not involved in this, in, that's not Johnny or Owen or Gainonymous. Yeah. Who cares? Well, the only thing I can think is like, oh, Johnny took Owen on a trip. And, sure. And, and scandalous. Well, and and then Owen's boyfriend didn't even know. Like, the, you know, he right. did, but the, the rumor mill goes and goes. It feels like it's something that's scandalous, but I don't think it would be something that would cause people to be like, oh, I don't want to be friends with him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's a little is, bit of a difference. Then it's kind of like, well, Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so that's kind of where my mind goes when you say, how do I navigate these complicated relationships? Yep. If somebody actually knows the players, mm-hmm. then they should know the score. Right. And it's up to them. You have no control over who feels what, who believes what. That's if right. there are people close enough to you that you can tell them and not even like, hey, I got to set the record straight. Like, it's more like, it's more like, you know, Johnny is really hurting me. Yeah. And this is his fucked up way. Because then you're also saying, you know, what if he, you know, attacks you in person? Which I don't think you meant, like, physically. No, no. I'm sure verbally. Yeah. But here's my advice on that. Have no reaction. Yeah. If he comes up to you, stare at him. Yep. Don't give him the reaction that he wants. Don't defend yourself. Yeah. You know, just you you might say like you're you're nonsense. Yeah. You're Johnny, I'm not interested. I think you're spot on, Lori Beth. I think it it you absolutely have to say as calm and as collected as you can and just let him look like the bullying fool that he yeah. is. And and that drives people crazy too really when you does. don't. But it's also it's like that's the composure. He's talking about nothing. He's involved in his own jealous whatever. Yep. And like it does not sound like Johnny's a great friend to start with. Yeah. But um, yeah, just sit there and let him lose his shit, and you know, get the manager and say this. This gentleman is really uh, attacking me. Yeah. 
Can he please be escorted out of this bar? Exactly. That's a great, great suggestion. Yeah. I love that. Based on this story, I am on Team Gainonymous. Yes, me too. Poor Owen caught in the middle. <laughs> he just wanted to go on a drive. Exactly. Uh, I hope that helps, Gainonymous. I am so sorry that it took so long to get to you, but uh, I hope that helps. If you want to write back to us <laughs> to let us know... An update. Start now, because I'm sure uh, <laughs> that's another thing that I was going to say. Uh, maybe nobody understands your side of the story because you take so goddamn long <laughs> to tell your side of the story. <laughs> take what I did to your uh, letter, how I condensed it, write it all down and use that as your story. You'll get it across. Everyone, yes. everyone will hear everything. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morf. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, all right, let's move on to our third question of the day. And this is from another phone call, I'm happy to say. Oh. And this is Shannon. Shannon, take it away. Hey, guys. Um, it's Shannon. I'm calling from Chicago. Um, I was just calling because I was looking for advice on kind of setting boundaries with family members. I recently moved home from living out of state for several years. And I found that some of my family members, my parents to be specific, are very, uh, well, they try to be overly involved in my life, and um, it's very challenging because I know it comes from a good place, and it comes from a place of love, but at the same time, I am an adult, and I've been handling my own stuff for a long time and it's very frustrating being treated like you're a little kid when you are not a little kid and I was just wondering how to set those boundaries without hurting feelings and um, kind of trying to make them understand that I am a big girl and I can handle life on my own and that I don't always need intervention or help or um, input on everything. Um, so if you have any advice, that would be great. And thank you, guys. Bye. That was Shannon. We had a Sharon and a Shannon. I know. I wonder if they know each other. <laughs> okay, Shannon. Yeah. Stop telling them shit. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Everything you do is not their business. Yeah. I, my dad knows nothing of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, they don't need to be abreast of everything you do. Yeah. And if they don't know, they can't input on it. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult. I'm sure you love your parents. That's why you moved closer to yeah, them and yeah. why you even care about not hurting their feelings. That's exactly right. But you are a grown woman and they are not entitled just because they're your parents to know everything about you. That's right. And so that is my advice off the top of my head. Yeah. Don't tell them shit. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. It, it feels like there's more stuff that, in my life, there's more and more stuff as I'm growing older. They don't, my parents don't need to know about everything. Yeah. It's not even about them like, oh, I'm trying to hide stuff or I'm trying mm -hmm. to keep stuff. It's just like the mundane choices of life. They don't need to be involved with that. They can make their own mundane choices. Yes. <laughs> I've got the mundane ones by myself and yeah. you should be able to do those too. And even if it's bigger stuff. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be their business. You, you don't to have choose. to make it their business That's and right. then what happens is when there is something that you want to share with them or want their input in right you go hey i'd really like your help with this right. you know instead of gritting your teeth 
and listening to them talk about every single thing and not letting you get a thought out yeah. without put, I mean, that's, I drove my dad to physical therapy today mm. and I have learned to just, I've learned that he is going to tell me when we're about to turn right to get in the right lane. <laughs> I've driven there 10,000 times yep. and I just let it happen. Yeah. And in fact, I should say that I have found myself paying less and less attention. Okay. And relying on him to be like, uh, this is Satakoy. We need to turn right. <laughs> And one day I'm going to be like driving 10 miles. I'm going to look over and he'll be dead. Yeah, exactly. In the seat. And I'll be like, you never told me to turn right. <laughs> so I ended up in Alaska. Uh, you know, there are certain things that I expect, but you also don't have to answer questions yeah. about things that you don't want to. Yeah. And you don't even have to say, you know, well, I'd prefer to keep that personal. You just, don't answer. You say, oh, there's not much to say. Yeah, exactly. Not much happened today. Nothing, nothing going on. Yeah. You know, you give them one of those. Now, did did you ever, since you've moved back in with your dad, mm -hmm. did you ever have to have a conversation with him that was like, dad, I need to, that you're, you're butting in too much or you're, you're trying to get too involved. Anything like that? Did you have to have anything, a conversation like that with him? No, only on You're really mundane things. So I don't tell him shit. Yeah, exactly. But I remember once I was like making something to eat and every single thing I did, he commented on. Mm. Like getting a tablespoon out of the drawer. He's like, well, then you can use that measuring thing. Like every single thing. Right. And I, I think I did say like, you're dadding all over me and it's <laughs> driving me crazy. <laughs> But he doesn't have much to say about things I don't tell him. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's exactly and we right. And we'd watch Jeopardy and talk about him. Yeah. And I do share things with him. And then it's like, oh, I'm coming to him for, sure. you know, something and involving him in sure, something. Sure, 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 sure. And there's a whole different vibe about that because I do want him to be involved. Right. Yeah. And I would hope that this would be as simple as that. But, you know, there's always... Uh, what I get nervous about for Shannon is, you know, the, if she's moving in for financial reasons. Yeah. And that could become a point of contention as well, because if the parents are helping out financially, then they feel like they get to say and they get to put their input on everything. Yeah. You know, is there a way to do to have it both ways where you can Well, there is because what we didn't say at all was Shannon, if you can calmly in a moment of intrusion yeah. by one of your parents say I got to say that I just would appreciate if you took a breath and took a step back yeah. because when you are kind of giving me your two cents constantly. And I feel like I can't make a move without you having something to say. Yeah. It makes me, you know, it drives me crazy. You can word that however you like. Exactly. You know, it makes me feel infantilized. Yeah. It makes me feel like a little kid. Yeah. And I'm a grown woman and you've taught me well. Yes. Yes. So yes. Yes. I know how to handle some of my stuff. And sure, there's definitely stuff that I need your help with. And just pepper that with a bunch of I love you's every once yeah, in a I while. Yeah, I love you. And I know that this is like you said in your in your phone call. It's coming from a place of love and yeah. you want the best for me. But the best for me is A, to not be resentful and angry at you. Right. And sometimes to figure things out on my own. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. But Shannon. also just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Keep that's it also, to yourself. That's also a very good point. But uh, if you find an opportunity, if there's a point where they bug, they're bugging you and it's a big enough hill to die on, you need to pull out exactly what Lori Beth just said. Yes. That'd be really good. All right. Well, uh, hopefully that will help Shannon and I hope to hear back from you. Do you, you think she'll just play what I just said and mouth it? Oh, I would love that. That would be even funnier. <laughs>
That like would lip be great. sync battle. That's like a weird TikTok. I do feel like all battles are eventually going to be tick, uh, uh, lip sync battles in the future. I hope so. That would be good. Um, let's move That's on. That's how we get peace in the Middle East. <laughs> lip sync battles. Uh. Um, uh, let's move on from our questions. We are going to uh, our favorite portion of every single show, the rotating segment of the week. And we are doing... A flashback. Flashing back with Clark and LB. Let's talk about some fond memories. Cause it's a flashback. Hi. I know we just talked a moment ago, but uh, I want you guys to know, dear listeners, that these rotating segments are a nightmare. <laughs> we cannot think of enough things to do. If you have ideas, yeah. please send them in. Please. But this one is kind of a no-brainer. I, it's, I cannot believe it has taken us this long to figure out to do this. Yes. And this time we have a very special guest, Miss Karen Crozer. Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Clark's wife. You've heard a lot about her. <laughs> so we are going to flash back to yep. when I officiated Clark and Karen's wedding. That's right. So this is how it started. They were getting married. <laughs> um, and the venue they picked was, it was like smallish. It was a hundred people. Yeah, hundred maximum. So I love to like... I've said many times I'd rather throw a party than go to a party. Okay. So I was over and I like doing that stuff. So I said to Karen, who I knew Clark wasn't going to plan a goddamn thing. <laughs> I said, you know, I'd be so happy to help you with anything. I'm not assuming I'll be invited just because it was so small. And right. then they both looked at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. And then I, as a kind of joke, but not really, I said, hey, I should get ordained so I can marry you. Then I'll definitely get invited. That's right. So then, Clark, what happened? So uh, then, I, th I believe that was literally that was like the day we told you. Like, uh, yes, I told we told you that uh, I proposed and that we were going to get married, and th that was the first thing out of your mouth. Yeah. And I think you left the house, and you have to tell me if I'm get this right. But I think you left the house, and within seconds, Karen turned to me and said, "You know what? I don't think that's that bad of an idea." And I was like, I think that's a pretty good idea too, actually. Right? Yeah. I mean, at the time we all just kind of laughed and it was a funny joke. Yeah. But then, you know, once you left, we were like, well, wait, but that could seriously be cool. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we uh, we almost immediately uh, knew that this is how we wanted to do our wedding is that we wanted to have you to come and be the officiant. Yeah. That marries the two of us. Which was Really cool, something I had never thought about before. Yeah. And then it's like, well, how do I do that? Oh, you go online for 17 seconds <laughs> and you get ordained. That's right. Um, and you don't even have to get a certificate. Like you can print out a certificate for like $5 or for $20, you could get this official card. It's black oh, with gold right. writing. So I got that because it made me feel like I was in the FBI, like right. it was my badge. So then, you know, we come to it. Karen is Miss Research. So she had, first of all, these ideas of what she wanted her wedding ceremony to be. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, cold books and websites and all that kind of stuff. And so she presented me like, oh, here's some stuff, kind of a skeleton. And then it was that I was going to, you know, write a personalized ceremony like right. about you guys no ha having known us or having known me at least for more than 30 years exactly. at that point so i write this like i write the ceremony and i remember we met i don't remember where it was but it was at a restaurant somewhere and i remember i'm already sober and you ordered a blue moon and i'm like she's so cool she drinks beer <laughs> And her beer came with an orange slice because um, she likes to get a little vitamin C. Of course. But and then I read the wedding to you and you were both because I was like, I don't know. It has to be like serious and meaningful, but funny. And you were both like, you can go crazier than that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You can go crazier than that. <laughs> but um, well, when we we asked you to be the officiant, mm -hmm. I don't think either of us were thinking like, oh, yay, we'll have. LB be the the officiant and she'll uh, give us 
a really beautiful, touching, typical standard wedding. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, I, I do this. We, we'll talk about it in a minute, but like I do do this. I've, you know, as a service, I've done probably almost 30 weddings yeah, and it's yeah, always like yeah. if you want a wholesome solemn religious wedding you're not <laughs> calling me <laughs> that's, that's exactly right it's just not happening <laughs> so i'm like writing this wedding i'm really nervous i remember i wrote a majority of it at outback steakhouse really <laughs> yes that's funny i the in here the one here over in uh, chatsworth the one in burbank oh okay okay yeah and I think wings were on special during the day or something. Nice. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, then I went and did a rewrite for you guys and um, made it goofier and funnier. And then um, the day of the wedding. Oh, no. And then I was like, what do I wear? And Karen. Oh, right. What did you want me to wear? Oh, I, I kind of was envisioning these sort of dramatic choir robes. I, I don't know. I, I, I just like wanted you to look super dramatic, even though it was going to be super irreverent. Yeah. So I went to this costume shop. I was trying on all these and I found like an electric blue one. Yeah. And then I sent you the picture. I sent you pictures of a few and you were like, oh, no, I was just thinking about like black which now makes sense because you were like i want it to seem really legit <laughs> and then it will be really not exactly. but, um, so then i get that and then we're at the day of the wedding and you know karen's I, I the bride is always sequestered so i'm like hanging out more with clark and the boys that's right uh, while you're getting married with your lovely uh <laughs> Bridesmaids and one drag queen. But, um, but uh, so yeah, so we do this wedding. I was kind of nervous, but what was awesome was it's the first wedding I had ever done. Mm -hmm. And it didn't occur to me that like, I mean, Karen and Clark are sitting across from me right now on the same sides they were when they were getting married. Yeah, it's true. You know, Karen's on the right and Clark's on the left. Right. So we're standing up there and I'm like, we're all getting married. Like I've never <laughs> been to a wedding where I wasn't like straining to hear what was going on and looking at the butt of a bride or groom. Right. And I was just like, it was really, really special. And uh, what do you remember? I mean, so when I came down the stairs, I had a wireless mic and the, the, battery pack fell to the ground but it was like as I was rounding the corner so I was trying to sort of pick it up and you know keep walking um so that was the part that I remember <laughs> <laughs> plus the ceremony then after the ceremony people were like hey did you know Bill Nye was just here in a lab coat so those are kind of the things that stand out to me yeah well I didn't know he was there before the ceremony he was when I was up sequestered he was wandering around in a lab coat and then he came <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Some Nobody stuff. out there that is listening to this knows why Bill Nye was at our wedding. Yeah, it so. kind of sounded like he was like lost his mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was performing or something. You should tell the what why was Bill Nye at our wedding? So uh, I, my longtime friend, Gina, her mom at the time was dating Bill Nye. And it happened that our venue was right by some kind of observatory or thing that he was often working at and yeah. researching. And so when she came to the wedding, she recognized his plates as at, she was parking, as she was parking. And, and she texted him and said, you know, why are you here? And he was like, well, why are you here? And so she told him that she was there for a wedding. So then he came was, over. Yeah, it was literally. He next just wandered out. He like he, he crashed our wedding, which yeah. is amazing. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not at all upset that he did that. But the problem was he came over in his lab coat, and a couple people saw him, and then he left before the wedding even started. Yeah. So I get down, everything happens, and then I'm like, oh my god, Bill and I was at my wedding, and I didn't even get to meet him. Yeah. Oh no. So so then Gina ended up texting him and asking him if he could just come back to say hi to me. So he actually put on a suit and a bow tie and came back and oh. took photos with us i like that adorable. he had a suit and bow tie at the ready oh yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah like yeah. superman he ripped off his lab coat <laughs> and was just like underneath wedding guest ready yeah yep, yep. <laughs> so it was it was really really special yeah and then you've now done how many weddings after our wedding yeah i think about 30 that's what happened after the wedding was people came up to me and were like that was so 
awesome because it was all full of jokes and like, but also like Reverend, like we talked about your mother had passed away and we did the butterfly ceremony. Yeah, a lot of people tell me it's one of the most moving weddings they've been to, even though it had all of its comedic moments, just the way the butterfly landed on me and the resonance was sort of my mom's passing, but being there, you know, you did a great job navigating that. Yeah, and everybody was afterwards going, that was amazing wedding. That was so great. You should do this. Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, I could do it because I've known Clark for 30 years and I had some information. And they were like, no, no, it's so good. You'll find a way. Yeah. So from then, I I found a way. Yeah. Now when a new couple emails me or whatever, because lots of 90s kids are getting hitched. Oh, yeah. Um. And they're all like, oh, my God, I can't believe Lori Pepper's over. I do this thing. I call it the intake where I get them on the phone or Zoom or we used to do in person if someone's nearby. Right. But I've done them all over the country. So I do an intake where we sit for like two and a half hours and I ask them every question from where were you born to what do you do for a living? To when did you meet? Right. And like, what you doing after the wedding? Right. Um, and I just use all of their answers to make a wedding about them. Right. Like every wedding is completely like the meat of it is about this, these, this couple. As every wedding should be. Come on. It's so ridiculous to me that er- so many weddings are like either the religious ceremony is the exact same, or even if it's not a religious ceremony, it's always the same thing. The same same preacher saying the same. Love is patient. Love is kind. (laughs) You know, and so it was, it was just really cool. And, and people still respond like they're so excited, but you know what I get the most? And I got at your wedding too. People go, that ceremony was the perfect length. <laughs> yes. That's what's that funny. All, that is so true. It was just like, I, my, my ceremonies are like 30 minutes max procession to recession. Right. And when I'm going through with people based on the notes that Karen gave me initially, I still use the like timeline you gave oh, me wow. of all that kind of stuff. That's I cool. call it the skeleton. <laughs> and just throw a little... Uh, little Halloween into everyone's <laughs> wedding. But I go through it with them and it seems like a lot of information. Like, oh, this is a lot. There's all these different parts. And I go, but don't worry. It's like 25 minutes tops. And that is what's really funny. It's like people say, luckily they don't. It's not like, what'd you think of the wedding? And they're like, uh, it, it was a really good length. Everything looked so pretty. Everything <laughs> looks so pretty. But... um. So that's another thing. That's that's one of the main well, <laughs> comments only, I get. Not only is it short, though. It's yes, it's short. It's thirty minutes, but because it's so original and because it's so uh, about the the couple, it's yeah. about the the groom and the wife. So you're interested. You're actually enjoying listening. To the wedding ceremony, because it's not just the same cookie cutter. Do you take this woman to have and to hold? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It adds to it. So not only is it short, but it goes by like a a blink. It's it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I'm very entertaining. That's what I keep saying. So, um, yeah, it was just really special. And it set me on this. This. It's a really special thing to do. I really like it. And I always get very. you know, I have an emotional connection with the couples, except for one. Oh, no. There's one couple that I just had zero emotional connection with. What? Just like randomly? They just were, you didn't click I just, with them? Yeah, no, I just, they weren't clickable. Really? Yeah, I was just like, okay. And then, um, and I wasn't invited to their, to their reception. <laughs> and I was like. That's totally fine. <laughs> Give me my check. Yeah, that's fine. I'm leaving. Um, so, yeah, though, but your wedding was like, it was just so special. Thank it was you. really Thank special. You. But yeah, we were so grateful. And um, I think that I ended up making your wedding a, a website for you, right? Afterwards. Yes. Oh, yes. Karen. Well, first of all, Karen had a blog 
called yeah. what is it? No, no wedding debt. I've it's fallen into disrepair, but I was <laughs> using it to organize the five hundred thousand venues within twenty miles of where I live. Yeah, but so, then a lot of other people were going to that website. Yeah, that's and using where it in L.A. Plenty of people said that they saw me because Karen talked about me on the on the website. No wedding, yeah, no wedding and debt. no wedding debt dot com. Maybe you'll get a lot of hits now. <laughs> yeah, you'll make seventy dollars. Um, and so I got you know. Um, people coming to me saying, oh, I saw you on this website and then booking me for their wedding. So the whole thing was just really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. We enjoyed it. We really did. We're, it was a wonderful experience and I wouldn't do it differently. That's right. And they're still married. That's <laughs> true. We are almost a decade later. Yeah. Right? Almost okay. exactly. years. Yep. We're very close. Well, thank you, Karen, for being our special guest. I'm sure we'll have you in here to talk about something more cerebral because Karen's <laughs> like, this is like Karen. Oh, I think I've said this before. It's like one day she's like, I was looking through my school records and I realized I have another bachelor's of art that I accidentally <laughs> uh, got. Excuse me. Masters. Masters. Oh, it was she an extra master's? master's? <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> so thank you, my lovely Karen. Thank you, my adequately attractive Clark. <laughs> and thank you for setting me off on the path to do something I really, really, really love. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm so proud of both of you. Thanks for having me on. was nice. I love Karen. Yay. We did kick her out of the room, though. Yes, we did. She's gone. <laughs> now we can totally talk about her. Yeah, she actually went to, she's doing some more work. She's still on Zoom, but she is also a college professor. She is. She, she does a lot. She just uh, became the head of the English department at her <gasps> college. That's right. And I'm very proud. Yes. She was elected. Yes. By the English department. And let me say this. There were seven people that could vote and two people were running against two of those seven were running against her and she got five out of the seven votes. Oh, that means everybody plus her voted for her and the other two just voted for themselves. They can go to hell. <laughs> Anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, let's move on to our final question of the week. Okay. And our final question is from Jessica. And Jessica asks or says, I'm a new mother. And now that the world is opening up and my extended family is vaccinated, my mom has offered to babysit. The thing is, she was physically and emotionally abusive to me growing up until she was medicated for bipolar illness. My nephews are teenagers, and the worst thing she did when babysitting them was feeding them ice cream for breakfast. So I'm reasonably sure it will be fine. But the little girl inside of me whose mom dug her fingernails into her arms screams, are you crazy? What should I do? That's wow. Jessica. Jessica, thank you for writing in. Yeah. Um, that is rough. And mm -hmm. I can relate to a lot of that question. Mm. In, in the end, it comes down to what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but what I might suggest, and you've probably done this, but now that you, like you said, things are opening up, it's vaccinated. Invite your mom over if yeah. you want. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Invite your mom over while you're there. Yeah. Turn the kid over to her and to entertain him and whatever. See, you know, how they're interacting, yeah. what mom is like. Yeah. You could invite her over for dinner. And then while you're cooking dinner, mom can be playing and playing with the kid and watching the kid. Precisely. That's brilliant. So that's a place to start if you don't already have that information. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, though, if your mom is evil and she gave the nephews ice cream, are they lactose intolerant? <laughs> Was it Rocky Road and she knows one of them is deathly allergic to nuts? <laughs> you know, yeah. just to just to really pound home that your mom is kind of a supervillain. <laughs> um, if you can truly trust that your mom is medicated and is better. Yeah. And is different. Yeah. I mean, bipolar is a fucking hell of a disease. Yeah. And if she's gotten help for that and you see the difference. Right. That should play into your 
uh, your reasoning and yeah. your decision. Yeah. But it also sounds like a lot of this is just your guilt of saying no to her mm-hmm. or how to do that if that's what you decide. Right. So the first thing for you to do is decide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? And, Absolutely. And really look at all the factors, how she is now, what your kids like. One of the, honestly, one of the best things about having a kid is that now in this house, it's my rules. <laughs> right? It's my rules and it's Karen's rules. Yeah. We get to make the rules. And that's not only with Lex. That's with my parents. That's with Karen's dad. That's with yep. everyone. We get to make the rules in this house. Yep. So, Jessica... You get to make the rules in this situation. Yes. So this is your opportunity to set some guidelines, to set some boundaries, right? This is a good place for you to, to really uh, uh, make a decision on where what you would like to do with this with yeah. your mother. And if you, you know, take that first baby step of, hey, come over for dinner and keep yourself busy while mom is with the kid. Right. The next thing might be to go somewhere for an hour. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be the first time. Shouldn't be you going out finally on the town for dinner and drinks and dancing or at a movie. Yeah. Because you're not even going to enjoy that anyway because you'll be so nervous and paranoid and thinking about what if, what if, what if. That's right. The whole time. So maybe you just say... I have to, you know, return some clothes, whatever errand, whatever. Right. You need you to know. go to Target for an hour. Exactly. Oh, you spend more than an hour in Target, yeah, Clark. That's true. That's a man that said that. <laughs> um, you spend an hour just on the shelves of dollar items. Uh, that's what I would think would be the next logical step. Yeah, go absolutely. somewhere that is short. Yeah. You know, and then most importantly, because afterwards, say, hey, did you have fun with grandma? What did yes. you do? Ask yep. your kid. Absolutely. I was actually going to just about to say that. One of the biggest things, I uh, Jessica doesn't say how old the kid is. Yeah. But as long as the kid is older than, say, one or two and can talk a few words, you you do exactly that. It's not even just, okay, maybe she's not, you know, digging her nails into the kid, yeah. but she's being mean or being grumpy or whatever. Show mommy where grandma emotionally scarred you on this doll. <laughs> exactly. It was my frontal cortex. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a way to ease into it. Yeah. And then if you find that's comfortable, you know, and also talk to your, you know, brother or sister or whatever. She says it's her nephews, right? Yeah. That she nephew. sat for. Yep. So talk to your brother or sister yeah. and their spouse or whoever was involved and say, what did you do? Like, yeah. how did you make this decision? Because um, presumably she was their mom, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm going to throw this out. I know this is kind of a psychiatrist way to think about it, but. Uh, you also, Jessica, don't have to forgive your mom, even if she is good at watching the kid now. Like, you could still be upset that she was the way she was to you when you were a kid and still let her be a better person to your child. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is hard for you, but maybe this is your mom's way of making up for horrible shit she did in the past yeah and changing that pattern changing that pattern. you know instead of saying to your kids grandma can never watch you because she did this to me you know they don't get to know that they have a grandma who's you know great and sweet yeah caring watches them and you know that could be a real game changer as far as lineage yeah and again that might not make you forgive her for things that she did to you but it might make you forget a little bit yeah you know not not about forgiveness it's just about letting the past be the past and accepting she's trying hard to do something for me now yeah so i like clark just said you'll forget but you'll never forgive (laughs) (laughs) is that just me is that your dyslexia coming it's from 100 my dyslexia (laughs) oh my brain is weird good luck with that that's a tough That's a tough thing to really work out. And I don't know where you live, but if it doesn't work out with your mom, I'll come babysit. (laughs) Especially if you have a dog. And Lori Beth is an amazing babysitter. I know uh, firsthand. 
Because because when he asked Clark, where did Auntie Lori emotionally scar you on this doll? He goes, get that doll out of my face. She's a gem. <laughs> yes. For those of you who didn't know that, uh, my six-year-old is a uh, also an Italian stereotype yes. mafia character. <laughs> and then I said, can't you have this fucking kid go to sleep ever? <laughs> and he's like, bronze, come on, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that helps, Jessica. Uh, and uh, that's it. That's about it. That the wraps end? us up for today. Uh, I thought we did. Uh, we had a fun day today. Got to talk to Karen. But um, if you have a question or a decision that's weighing heavily on you, please send it to us. Let LB ease your burden. We love all the questions you guys send us. If you have a good one for Lori Beth, especially any big decisions you might be having, send it to us at asklorybeth.com. Go follow us on all the socials at asklorybeth, or just leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG. And send us in your ideas if you have ideas for rotating segments. Because oh, yes. the bottom of the barrel has been scraped. <laughs> yes. So just know that. You can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram, at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter. And there's a Lori Beth Denberg fan page yep. on the Facebooks. Yep. You can book me for a personalized video for a loved one at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. That's right. Uh, hashtag one million hugs. Woo! Dr. Fauci, are you listening? <laughs> and that's about enough from me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for sending us in those questions. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, babes. Bye. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question. Question there. Thanks for listening.